great. It's great to see everyone, and great to be over here from Portsmouth today. I know, I know, but my postcode was SO45 growing up, Blackfield and Hythe. Um, yeah, went to Applemore School, so now you can just relax, uh, I think. <laughs> and so never came near this place. This is like the rival school, wasn't it, when you're at Applemore? But um, yeah, now I stand in the school hall here. Um, and uh, yeah, and my son Corbin, he was 11, uh, no, he was six years old on the day that Family Church Waterside started. So he's now 17, learning to drive. Uh, he's in Mexico right now with his friend and the friend's family, Cancun, Hollywood Resort or something, all inclusive. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my wife is making him text every day, <laughs> which is really funny. Because uh, I remember going like away for two weeks and I would phone my mum, reverse the charges uh, once during the whole two weeks. <laughs> and now here we are. So anyway, great to see you. Um, Carla sends her love. Um, that's my wife. <laughs> um, and she is, today she's singing in the worship team in Portsmouth. Um, our little girl Lola, she's six. Elliot is 13. He's like one of the most annoying 13-year-olds you could ever come across. And if the young people know him, Jack, what do you think? <laughs> oh, he said to give you a message. He said something, no, I can't give you the message because everyone literally is probably a Saints supporter here. So I'm not going <laughs> to give you the message from my son Elliot. Something to do with Southampton Football Club. So I'm all for it. I mean, I, I support no one really <laughs> and everyone. So whoever's winning, they're my favorite team. That's how my son Corbin came to support Man City it's when he was about four. They just were winning everything. So he's like, I'll support them. And now he still does. Anyway, uh, yeah, enough waffle. Uh, I'm going to get into the Word of God today. And um, so over the last few months, I know that you here have been speaking about running your best lap yet. And uh, just looking on the website and listening to a couple of the messages, sounds like you've had a really good few weeks of, of dwelling on this subject. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Paul spoke on the subject of stretching, and he spoke about the importance of an athlete uh, having a time of stretching before they go uh, to run. And if you're going to run your best lap yet uh, in life for God, then it's important that we're a people who have done our stretching. And stretching comes in different ways when you're a Christian. Uh, and Paul was saying a couple of weeks ago that Stretching, one of the ways that God can stretch you the most is when you um, are faced with opportunities to be obedient to what God is saying to you. Uh, and, and that could be on a daily basis, you know, obedient to the principles of God's word, uh, the principles of his kingdom, living his kingdom way. And that could be uh, something more specific, you know, like, like where God speaks to you and says, go this direction. And, and, you know, it takes guts, it takes courage and faith to, to um, go in God's direction. And that can be a really stretching time. Um, I agree. Having been through many opportunities to, uh, to take God's path um, for my life, to, uh, to be obedient to what he's saying to me. And I'm sure that many of you can relate to what I'm talking about today and what Paul was talking about a couple of weeks ago. So I'm just going to repeat everything that he said a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but... Um, but I, I did want to just recap because it sort of leads into what I want to share this morning. I'm going to be talking about change this morning. Um, sometimes, being <laughs> ooh, sometimes being obedient 
to God doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense sometimes. There's a cost to it. Um, It takes us out of our comfort zone. Uh, It makes us feel insecure or fearful. Uh, We feel unequipped. We just don't want to do it sometimes. That's what what, um, being obedient to God can make us feel sometimes. But when we are obedient to God, despite all of these feelings, uh, we become stronger and we become more equipped to run our best lap yet. Um, So in other words, it's like we've been doing our stretches as a Christian. Paul shared some examples of his and Wendy's life uh, where they stepped out in obedience to God. Um, In 1997, he said, uh, that they became the the youth pastors at at New Hope, right? Um, 1997, that's that's the same year that um, I moved to Portsmouth from Hythe um, and was involved with the the planting of Family Church over in Portsmouth. Um, And I'm so glad that I did. And... Was it a time of stretching? Yeah, big time. Like massive, massive stretching time for me. It was so out of my comfort zone. So insecure. <laughs> Still am. Um, but it was like, just felt so like, this is, I don't feel right here <laughs> in Portsmouth. Um, but I never would, you can understand, I never would have grown and never would have been used by God in the same way um, if I'd have stayed where I was at that time. So praise God his faithfulness so anyway so I want to talk about change today when it comes to running a race uh, an athlete won't become stronger by always running the same course now I speak as an ex cross country cross country runner um, did it for about three years of my life uh, between the ages of 15 and 18 something like that yeah thank you <laughs> three 15 out three um and uh, being, uh, I went to Applemore School, as I said, and we used to go across the road and, and run on the foresty bit where the pylons are, down Applemore Hill, there. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so when it comes to running a race, an athlete doesn't become stronger by running the same course, running in the same location or on the same track every time. Uh, you don't become stronger as an athlete by running with the same companions all the time or competitors all the time. And you certainly don't become stronger if you always run in the same weather conditions all the time. Um, The challenges faced by running different courses, by running with different companions or competitors, uh, and by running in different conditions actually make an athlete become stronger. So that's what we're going to talk about today, um, these three things. Now, when I used to run cross-country, so it was a very long time ago, like 30 years ago... (laughs) Um, But when I used to run cross-country, I hated it when we had to change courses. I liked to know where I was going, uh, because when I knew where where I was going, I knew what turns were coming next. Um, You know, it was very predictable, and I like everything just as it should be (laughs) predictable. Um, And uh, I didn't like running with other people, because the people that I used to run with, I could actually beat all but one of them. Everyone apart from Richard Baldy. He was faster than me. Anyone know Richard Baldy? I don't imagine you do. He lives in Australia now. Um, just out, you know, just in case you're following his life. <laughs> um, and also, I didn't. I, I definitely preferred cool, dry weather to blazing hot sunshine. Or you know, when it's so cold and you're breathing when you're running, and it just like feels like your your lungs are like icing up inside. Um, or, or you know, horrendous rain. I, I, I didn't like any of those conditions. It's just like cool, dry weather. 
Um, <clears throat> however, um, over time I learned that if I was going to become a better runner, then I need, needed to run different courses, I needed to run with different people, and I needed to learn how to run in different weather conditions. And so uh, we're going to talk about change today. And um, for us as Christians, you know, running the race that God has set before us, um, it's really good for us to learn to not always resist change, but actually when you embrace change, that can be a really positive thing. Okay, let me say that again. When you embrace change rather than resist it, that can be a really positive thing in your life. And if we're going to run our best race, then there's some changes that we probably need probably need to learn to embrace in our lives. So a change of course. So in other words, what you're doing at the moment. Um, I'm not saying it should change all the time, but sometimes what you're doing changes or needs to change. And, and it's good to learn to embrace that change. Change of companions. Sometimes who you're working with or who you're walking with in life, sometimes that changes. And I'm not talking about, you know, again, constant change, but actually sometimes there's people that were part of your life for a season uh, that, that shouldn't be part of your life moving forward. Sometimes there's people that need to be in your life. So that kind of change, rather than resisting it, it's good to embrace it. And also change of conditions. You know, there's always stuff going on around us. Uh, you know, the, the, the wind blows where it pleases. Um, you know, God, um, God, God will... God is doing a work, and, and, and what God is doing um, is constantly changing and evolving. And um, God Himself stays the same. His character, His faithfulness, um, you know, God is very consistent. Um, there is no shadow of changing in Him. However, what God's doing um, is always changing. So, you know, it's good to, to be aware of the conditions that are going on around us. We'll talk about that a bit in a minute. So, we're going to talk about these three different types of change in our lives, if that's okay. Good, good. And um, it seems to me that some people love change and some people are not so keen. If you love change, just give me a big wave. If you just love it, love it when stuff changes. All right, okay. And if you really would rather things just stay the same, give me a little wave here. Yeah, <laughs> more of us. I, I'm in that camp more than the, the loving change camp. Um, I haven't always liked change, um, but I am learning to embrace change because the fact is that when I moved to Portsmouth, um, 24 years ago, um, I moved to work with a man called Andy Alms, who's the senior pastor of Family Church, and he loves change. It just seems to me like he loves change on a weekly basis. Um, uh, in, in fact, um, yeah, that, that's what he seems to do best. <laughs> and, uh, and there's me, like, can we just, like, I just need to know what I'm doing, <laughs> and just let me do it for at least six months would be really nice. Um, but, you know, I think God puts you with people for a reason, doesn't he? My wife's the same. She loves mixing it up, loves change. Um, so I would be really boring, though, if I wasn't with these people. Uh, in my <laughs> Stability. I do. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so, but for me, you know, I'm one of those people that, that naturally doesn't, go for change. Uh, I, I don't like the uncertainty. Uh, I, I always used to think, well, there's risk involved. I know for a fact there's more work involved whenever change happens. Um, you feel uncomfortable. Sometimes you feel insecure. There's potential for failure. Why would I put myself through that? Why can't things just stay the same? Um, 
But I'm learning to embrace change because I've come to realize that without change, uh, you just go around in circles with the same people and think about it again with the, the, the running uh, picture in your mind. You know, if, if you're going to run a marathon, it's much better to do it through the city than it is, or through the countryside, than it is just on a track. That gets really boring. Um, and, and again, you, you're with the same people the whole time. Let's mix it up a little bit. And, and so, so, you know, change is, is really, actually a really important thing if we're going to move forwards, if, if we're going to get the best out of life, if we're going to live for God and his kingdom uh, to our fullest potential. So I've learned that change brings about the next thing in life. Uh, and in, in my life and in the life of the church. You know, I'm talking as a pastor today, so a lot of this is, is related both to, to the church as well as to me as an individual. Um, you know, change lines people up uh, with other people who should be involved with their future. It helps us to become stronger, and it helps us to be ready for the challenges that lie ahead. Because just when you think you've overcome one challenge, guess what? There's another one. Uh, and that's just the way that life is. Um, life can be very challenging sometimes. Um, and, and I have to say that without change, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And without change, Family Church wouldn't be the church that is, it is today. So let's talk about change of course, change of, of what we're doing. So you probably won't always be doing what you're doing now. You can relate that to how you serve in church, to the job that you do possibly, uh, to the season of parenting you're in. Uh, if you've got kids, you won't always be doing what you're doing now. Uh, the hobbies, the sports that you're involved with, um, you know, cross-country, that's in my past. Kayaking, kayaking I do uh, now. So I'm not just the complete slob. You're thinking it, that's the last time he did a cross-country race was he was 18 and he's done nothing since. Um, no, I love going kayaking. Um, yeah, so, so there's lots of areas that probably you won't be doing the same thing as, as time goes on. And you probably shouldn't be doing the same thing as time goes on. It's not a bad thing that the course that you're running now is going to change. So the other day we were driving past, I was driving with Elliot, my 13-year-old in the car, and we drove past his old primary school, and he looked at it and said, I love that school. I want to go back to that school. <laughs> you know, secondary school, it has more challenges, doesn't it? And you have to work harder. <laughs> and, uh, and we had a little conversation about how, yeah, that's cool. Wouldn't it be great just to go back for a day and just to, you know, be that kid again? But actually, uh, you don't move forward in life if you just stay where you are. Uh, and also, you know, I was thinking about it's important that certain things change. Like, if I was trying to parent my older children in the same way that, that I did when they were 12 years younger, um, then that wouldn't work very well. And to be honest, I do try and do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in fact, you ask them and they're like, yeah, dad treats us like six-year-olds. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm just doing my best, <laughs> right, parents? We're just doing our best, aren't we? <laughs> And we're adapting and we're changing, and, and, and as they get older, the, yeah, the, the challenges don't get easier or harder, they just get different, don't they? Um, and, and I've got the whole array of ages, really, so um, I, I see it from all angles at the moment. So, anyway, um, so it's not a bad thing that the course 
that you're currently running will change. Um, God is your heavenly father, your loving heavenly father. And he doesn't want to just give you wisdom uh, for the changes that you make in your life. But actually God wants to um, initiate some of the changes that need to happen in your life. He wants to, to lead us according to his path, both you individually, but also his church. And we see that God spoke to his people through the prophet Isaiah when they were in captivity in Babylon, um, just before they returned to their homeland, um, which was effectively their second exodus as a nation. Uh, So let's just read from Isaiah 43, verses 16 to 21. Christopher, screen please. Thank you. (laughs) Right, it says, thus, so this is God speaking through Isaiah the prophet um, to his people. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they're extinguished, they're quenched like a wick. So these first two verses, 16 and 17, they're referring to uh, Israel's exodus from Egypt and how the Egyptian army was um, drowned in the Red Sea. Um, So so Isaiah, before he starts speaking what God's saying, he reminds the people about what happened in the past. And then, verse 18, do not remember the former things. I just think, isn't that funny? Like, he starts by reminding them about the former things. And then he's like, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals, the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. So he starts by reminding the people about what God had done when they left Egypt. And if I was going to give a motivational speech to people that were in captivity about how God could deliver them, I would definitely refer back to a previous time of deliverance from captivity. Um, And, you know, they saw God move mightily. They saw God move miraculously during that time. But then, then God says, don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. So, yeah, that's a little bit confusing. But do not remember, it didn't mean to forget what had happened in the past, as you may think. Um, I think it's really important that we do remember and celebrate the miracles that we've seen in our lives, the miracles of the past, the miracles that we've seen in our church. It's really important. But God now was doing a new thing. And it was, it was about to spring forth, and it would look completely different to the things that had happened before. And indeed, it would look very different. So, it's, so remembering the past is about remembering what God can do. It's remembering that he is mighty, he is miraculous. It's not saying, let's see God do it exactly the same way again. But it's saying, this is the kind of thing that God can do. And there is something, he's got something up his sleeve for us at this time. Uh, and it was all, obviously this, this passage here, it was prophetic of what Christ would do as well. You know, a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, give drink to my people, my chosen, 
my people that I formed for myself, they'll declare my praise. So, you know, this was this very prophetic of, of Jesus. So I want to say to you, first of all, when it comes to, to um, embracing change, change of, of what you're doing, change of your course, make sure you celebrate the good, good things that God has done in the past. And use those things to remind yourself of what God is capable of. And he's probably capable of far more as well, by the way. And, and don't get stuck on, maybe God's going to do it this way, based on what happened in the past. Don't get distracted by what's happened in the past, but use it as a point of, of um, faith building uh, for what God can do in the future. You know, the way that God took us yesterday is different to the way that he's taken us today, um, both as individuals and as his church. So let's embrace the change. Let's embrace the new thing that God's doing and let's be committed to seeing it and walking in it. There's not a, oh, there's a clock over there. I couldn't see a clock and I was like, how much time have I got? You finish at 12.30, don't we? <laughs> Fine, okay, right. <laughs> right. Rachel said it. <laughs> okay, right. So, yeah, and... and as, as, we, as we do embrace the change that God wants to bring in terms of our course, what, what's happening in our lives right now, uh, we will take hold of what's next in life. And we will become stronger and more able to run into what God's got for us. You know, ch- churches close because people refuse to change. Whatever God is involved with doing has life and blessing attached to it. We see that from that scripture there. You know, God, behold, I'm doing a new thing, says the Lord. And then there's this picture of, of rivers in the desert, of roads in, rivers in the wilderness and roads in the desert. You know, there's this picture of, of just every, everywhere you look, life is just springing up. And that's, that's when, when God's involved with something, you can expect that. And it reminds me of Romans 12, verse 2. It, it talks about um, being um, renewed by the, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, and, and as we are transformed um, through the word of God, through uh, getting the principles of God's kingdom into our lives, um, we will prove, in other words, we will live out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And when you live in the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, one will, God's got one will, it's good, it's acceptable, it's perfect. And when you live in his will, um, you will see the life and the blessing of God attached to that. So, like I said just now, in 1997, when Paul and Wendy uh, said yes to God to become youth pastors, um, there was this guy called Andy Alms who invited me to move to Portsmouth. I did. And, um, and, and this change of path in my life was confusing for me. I loved um, the church that I was, was part of. So, our family used to drive over to North Battersley to Victory Gospel Church. Uh, they're now in Portsmouth in Southampton, aren't they? Um, but back in the in the day, that's what we used to do, and um, and, and this was my church family. I didn't want to leave them. I didn't want to go to Portsmouth of all places, um, but I said yes to God out of obedience. Because well, actually, it took three. Andy asked me three times. It was on the third time that I said yes, <laughs> um, and and there were many unknowns. But through that whole process, like I said earlier, you know, I I. I sort of got onto this, this new course that God wanted me on, and, and it stretched me more, more than I could ever imagined. But stretching produces strong athletes, doesn't it? And 
Look at me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the second type of change is, is change of companions. Um, I didn't want to use the word competitors. If you see, is it an alliteration when the words start with C, uh, with the same letter, right? So course, companions, and um, conditions, all right? So, so this second type of change, companions. Um, we're not competitors with one another. We're companions running the race together, aren't we? Um, so the, the truth is that you probably won't always have the same people running alongside you. Um, although, let me just clarify, I pray that your marriages and your families will be strongly knitted together for the whole of your lives. Um, but in life, people come and go. Often the people that you walk with um, change, and that often that, that change of people that you're running with often changes when you change course, you know, change what you're doing. So if you're involved with a certain team uh, in the life of the church, um, if you move to another team, then there's other people involved with that team. And it's an opportunity to build a relationship with those people. Um, so, you know, the people that you're running with, sometimes it changes. And, I, and just to clarify, I'm not talking about, um, you know, when I talk about change of what you're doing, uh, for most of you, that doesn't mean you're, you're suddenly going to up and leave family church. I just want to clarify that. Um, but what it does, what it does mean uh, is that be open to, to the leading of God. Be open to, to, to the leading of God, even within this, this Christian community. Uh, where's God leading you next? What, what area of ministry is God calling you to within this Christian community in terms of your job? You know, your job... Whatever it is, it's your ministry. It's, the, it's something that God has called you to do to shine his light in your workplace. Um, that is ministry. Serving God in whatever you do, uh, whatever you put your hand to. If your aim is to serve God and glorify God through that, that is the ministry that he's called you to. So I'm talking about a whole range of things today. Um, but when you change course, um, often the people involved in your life will also change. Um, so, now a change of people in your life can often be harder to negotiate than a change of what you're doing. Anyone ever found that? You know, you, you can change what you're doing, and that's okay. But when it comes to having to sort of, you know, not be so close to some people and then uh, build relationship with other people, that can be much more of a challenge, can't it? Um, and I think it's because the bonds that we have with people, those we work with, those we walk with, um, are often a lot stronger than the bonds that we have with what we do. Um, so, here's a good example. Acts chapter 15, the Apostle Paul was traveling with Barnabas. And they, they lived in constant change. So they were used to change. Um, constantly, they were going one direction, then coming back, going another direction. Going to this church and that church, establishing a, a new church here and a new church there. So there was lots of stuff going on in terms of changing their lives. Um, but, they, they, but they had each other. This was one constant in, in Paul and Barnabas' life until John Mark comes and spoils it. Um, he is obviously the, the author of, of the Gospel of Mark, so I'm not going to speak badly of him. Um, they just had a different opinion of what they should do. So in Acts 15, verses 36 to 41, he's there. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. 
Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul insisted, (laughs) determined, insisted. They had strong feelings about this. Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in uh, Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. He was still growing, you know, he was still learning and growing. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, that's southern Turkey now, strengthening the churches. So they'd done loads together, been through lots of change together, but actually there... Um, their relationship with one another had to change, and they parted ways. Barnabas took John Mark, went to Cyprus, good choice. Um, (laughs) Paul went through Syria, up through Turkey, um, to strengthen the churches. And, but this is the thing, when they got to Turkey, um, they they met a, a young man called Timothy. And of course, Timothy was one of the key people uh, in the church of Ephesus. And, and so, you know, there was a reason why, why Paul and Barnabas, is, they had to part each other's company. And, and Timothy was one of those reasons. Now, a change of relationships can be difficult to manage, can't it? It's, e- it's often easier, I think, to welcome new people into your life than it is to know how or when to close the door on former relationships. Um, And it can be really messy sometimes, especially if the other party isn't on the same page as you. Uh, But it's also really important. You know, it's really important when a person becomes a Christian that they have good people in their life that will encourage them on their journey with God. And they may well discover that there's people in their life that will pull them back um, or cause them to keep Uh, kind of living life the world's way Um, and and they will have to make a decision about uh, what comes first do I make serving God's kingdom a priority or am I just going to continue to live the world's way and and so that's a really hard decision because sometimes that means you have to move away from certain friendships that you had in the past you know for a young person whose heart is on fire for Jesus who wants to run hard after God, there may be some friendships and relationships that you have to say, this isn't particularly good for me. I'm going to depart from this friendship. And that's really difficult, especially if they're not on the same page as you. Um, I'm currently, uh, I've got quite involved with the Assemblies of God that we've been part of since January 2020. Fantastic uh, that family church has come into the Assemblies of God. Uh, for so many reasons. But one of the, the, the things that has been a joy to me is they've asked me to be a coach for the MIT course that they run, the Ministers in Training. It's a three-year course um, for, uh, for those that um, want to uh, follow God's path into ministry, of, in, in, and particularly in, in church leadership. Um, and so it's been great getting to know some really good people uh, through the Assemblies of God. Um, and, and a real privilege, actually, to, to have this opportunity to, to coach those that are doing the training. It's, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I love meeting new people. I love welcoming new people into my life. Um, but also, over the last couple of years, I've seen some people um, who I was quite close to. Kind of, I'm not close to them anymore. People that have, have moved on from the church, in Portsmouth particularly, um, and you, at one point, in, you think, how, how could we exist without them? How could, 
how could the church exist without these people? But then, you know, when it happens, what, one thing that I know is that God is always faithful to fill the gaps. Always, always faithful to fill the gaps. And, and so, you know, there is just this kind of way that, that God works. He prepares your heart. Um, and and I, I just wanted to throw that in because I, I'm, I'm loving my journey with the Assemblies of God at the moment, being part of that. But you've only got space for so many relationships in your life, I think, haven't you? Or really close relationships. And so you have to sort of prioritize at different times in life what are the most important relationships to have. So as you heard last Sunday, uh, our Portsmouth congregation is going through a change of leadership. Um, Yeah? Did you all see the video? Okay, so um, we believe God initiated it, but, you know, he's spoken to my heart and into Pastor Andy's heart um, back in September, October time about this. Um, We had the necessary conversations, and it's led us to, uh, last week, announce to the congregation in Portsmouth that Sean and Paula Finch are going to become our new pastors in Portsmouth. Um which means that I'm out of a job. No, not really. Um, It means that I can focus my time and energy uh, more on the executive pastor role, which we've had for years, but I've never felt like we've done it particularly well uh, because our focus has really been uh, pastoring the church and leading the team in Portsmouth. So uh, I'm really excited about what that's going to open up for us. Um, And and just, you know, I want Family Church, wherever we are, um, you know, this is such a strong uh, congregation, Waterside, right now. Uh, and uh, and there's a freshness uh, and the presence of God and, and there's nothing more that that I could ask for. But you know it's so important that that we walk together, isn't it? That that as a church um, with many congregations, we're all on the same page. We're all going in God's direction for us. And uh, and I just feel like God's saying, you know, I can be part of helping that to happen. Uh, and also we got the Forge Ministry School starting in September, which. Um, is no small thing. It's again, Pastor Andy. Let's let's run a ministry school. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's make that happen then. <laughs> but exciting times. So when God's in it, you can expect the life of God um, in the change. You know, when it comes to change of people in your life, when God's in it, you can expect God's life to come. You can expect the blessing of God. You can expect God to fill every gap that seems to be uh, there. And lastly. Uh, this is a quick one. You'd be pleased to know because we're nearly out of time. We probably are out of time, actually. But change of conditions. When it comes to the course we take, what we do, and when it comes to the companions that we run with, it's often down to us to initiate the change. You know, even if we're doing it in obedience to God, it's down to us to say, this is where I feel I'm going to go now. This is who I feel I need to have in my life uh, now. But when it comes to uh, conditions, changing conditions, we basically don't get a choice. It's like the weather, isn't it? So, you know, when I used to go cross-country running, uh, all those years ago, uh, you just ran whatever the conditions were. I preferred the cool, dry weather. But sometimes it rains, sometimes it was bouting hot, sometimes it was freezing cold. And you just have to push through it. You just have to... to Say, okay, I've got no control over this change in my life. I'm just going to keep going. Right? Anyone ever been there before? Where you feel like circumstances are going on around you. Things external to you or maybe um, they have an impact on your life. But things are changing. You've got no choice. Uh, and, but the thing is, do you just stop and give up or do you just keep going? And I believe that God wants us to keep going. Uh, 
and I know, I know that you'll agree with me there. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, it's important to wait on the Lord, important to, to hear his voice, important to get his instructions, his wisdom in the seasons that you're in. But at the end of the day, um, if we're going to run this race of life, God's race for us well, then we keep going. Amen? Um, I used to go walking on Dartmoor, still do actually. Um, and Dartmoor, you can be walking across the moors, and it's sunny and, and beautiful day. And within 10 minutes, it can change. The fog comes down. It starts to bout with rain. And there's just no rhyme or reason why the weather would do that to you. But it's like it sees you walking across the moors and says, I'm going to rain on that guy there. Um, you know, changing conditions. It can look like this in our life. Sometimes we experience um, when we're faced with sickness. Sometimes financial strain. Sometimes, sometimes tragedy. Sometimes a global pandemic seems to come from nowhere at all, right? That, that's change of conditions that I'm talking about. Stuff that is out of our control that we have to adapt to. In Mark chapter 4, the disciples were on the Sea of Galilee in their fishing boats, and it was a lovely day, and suddenly the storm comes, and, and they have to adapt to it. And they do everything within their control to keep sailing and to keep going, and then uh, they, they basically freak out and, and wake Jesus up, who's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Well done, Jesus. And, and I was talking about this the other day in Portsmouth. He, not this, uh, but like the storm. And uh, it says that he had his head on a pillow. I didn't even know they had pillows 2,000 years ago. I just thought like it was a boulder or something. But I think that's a lot earlier, isn't it? Um, <laughs> There you go, he had his head on a pillow, sleeping in the bottom of the boat. The storm's raging. And uh, yeah, and, and so the disciples make this good choice, which is to wake Jesus up and get Jesus involved in their situation. I think that is a good choice. When you go through storms in life, call on the name of the Lord, right? Um, but also, of course, then Jesus rebuked the wind. He brought peace to the sea. And then he rebuked the disciples for not having more faith. Can't win. Um, but, you know, no doubt they learned something through these circumstances that they were going through, this storm that they found themselves in, and they became stronger for next time. And that's the point about change of conditions. You know, just as the weather often changes, so do our circumstances. What we're doing, who we're doing it with, um, it, it doesn't change, but sometimes circumstances change, and, and we have to deal with that. Um, and it's an opportunity to grow stronger. It's an opportunity, as the disciples discovered, that it's an opportunity to walk by faith. Um, it's an opportunity to continue running really hard, um, even though it's so challenging. It's an opportunity to stay on the right course and to be a strength to others and to gain strength from others that are running with you. Because at the end of the day, we're a church family. We're a Christian community. Um, we are a household of God. And, and that's one of our greatest desires for Family Church is that we do life together. We do it well. Um, we are there to cheer each other on, not to gossip about each other. To cheer each other on, to love one another, um, to be there for one another, to stand together uh, in the midst of challenges. And it's lovely to see uh, that happen in our congregations, including Waterside, definitely. So, so that's it for today. Um, so whether it's a change of course what you're doing, whether it's a change of companions, the people that are with you, uh, whether it's a change of conditions that can often be out of your control, let's embrace the change that God is involved with. 
knowing that his life will flow uh, and we will become stronger and more able to run our best lap yet. Great. So, thanks, Rachel. Um, (laughs) So, just before we finish today, I just want to give the opportunity for anyone who has never started to walk in relationship with God to just respond this morning. So I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And this prayer is simply an introduction to Jesus, an introduction to friendship with God. Um, And everyone here is eligible. All you have to do is, the Bible says, to repent of your sin and to believe in Jesus. What does that mean? It means to say, to recognize that uh, you doing life yourself, making choices uh, in your own ability, doesn't always take you on the right path. That actually every single human being has this uh, disease called sin that separates us from God. God is perfect in every way. He's utterly glorious. And so sin can't come before his presence. And so you can't have a friendship or relationship with God um, if sin is still in your life. All the stuff that that doesn't please God, all the stuff that that doesn't meet his perfect standard. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus died on the cross to take sin um, upon himself to pay the punishment for our sin. And so when you repent of your sin, say, I don't want to live that way anymore. I believe in Jesus. What you do, you accept that Jesus took all that rubbish upon himself, all that sin, and because he took your sin and paid the punishment for it, there is now no sin in your life anymore. You you stand perfect before God. You are loved by God, full stop, whatever. God loves every single human being. Um, But when when you repent of your sin and you believe in Jesus, you become perfect before God, right in the eyes of God. Isn't that amazing? And you can have relationship with God. So, Would you just bow your heads and pray this prayer this morning? And say it with me. um, Would everyone just say this out loud? Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and make all things new. I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen.